Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. Top of the morning to you. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. You're listening to 94.9 Main FM and I'm Sarah Bignall. Yowie Central is where you'll hear the latest on Yowie research in Australia and you get to explore the fascinating realm of Bigfoot, Sasquatch and cryptozoology from here and around the world. And because there's all sorts of strange and mysterious phenomena going on out there, we also delve into anything paranormal, supernatural or any other weird stuff that grabs our attention. I want to start today's show by sending big yaoi hugs from me to all of you who might be feeling the heaviness and darkness of what's going on in the world at the moment. Some people might be feeling really isolated and frightened and confused. You're not alone. I see you and I'm with you in spirit. A big shout out to all the legends who post interesting articles and videos to the Yowie Central Facebook page. You all rock and I appreciate you sharing very, very much. I read one yesterday shared by Jane Beebe. Thanks, Jane which caught my attention. It was about the Colville Federation, which is a group of Native American tribes from the Washington State area, and the names they had for the local hairy people. One of the tribes, the Lake Band, called Bigfoot the Stick Indians because they believed that they were 
one, human beings, and two, that they could turn into trees. This caught my attention because we so often have reports of yaoi's appearing to turn into trees or being able to camouflage themselves next to trees so that they appear invisible. In the Australian Yowie research interview I did with Wendy from Blackbutt in Queensland, which was published on the AYR YouTube site recently, Wendy describes that the Yowie she saw by the side of the road appeared to turn into a tree as she drove past. Like it didn't look like a tree on the approach, but as soon as she got up near it, it looked like a tree stump. Another tribe of the Colville Federation, the Wenatchee, call them Choanito or night people. And again, this is a common thread in reports here that Yowies are perhaps more active at night. The article also mentions these beings living in caves, something which is also suspected here. Anyway, it was a fascinating article. Thanks for sharing, Jane. If you listened last week, you will have heard the first part of the fascinating chat I had with Will Jevening and Tom from the American podcast Creek Devil. Will Jevening is a renowned Bigfoot researcher and author of several books on this subject. Both he and Tom are dedicated Bigfoot researchers, seriously dedicated, and have some absolutely fascinating stories to tell about the North American hairy man. Here's part two of that chat. Are you out researching often? Often, every chance. Yeah, every (laughs) chance I can. I, um, but I'm not going to go out there alone. No. So I got to find somebody who's willing to. I don't uh, recommend anybody go alone ever. No. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Too dangerous. Way too dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Even Dean Dean was scoping out one of the areas that they're, they're researching or a new area that he wanted to research. And he went there during the day by himself uh, but was so creeped out. He doesn't usually go by himself, but I don't think any of the other the, the, the guys were available. So he went... He went to check it out, but he didn't stay very long. Got the the heebie-jeebies very quickly. You know, that's the tough part, too. You really want to go look at a place, and there's nobody to go. And then it's sort of a fine line that you say, well, do, do I go? Or and uh, But even if you do go, it's yeah, I've been in there, too. It's you know, Sometimes I've bugged out and said, no, nah, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. And that's your intuition. You've got to listen to that. Yeah, I, I totally understand his his position on it, and I agree with it. You know, get out of there. Yeah, absolutely. Will, the day that you and, and the rest of the team took off, um, I left, and I went across to that same area. Remember, I called you up, and I went to an adjacent right. ridge line, and all the violence activity that you saw there, I saw it on even more, so much, much more pronounced on this other ridge line. And I was in my truck, and you're like, "Did you take any pictures?" Like, no. <laughs> oh, and Sarah, I didn't get I'm out sending, of my truck. <laughs> I'm sending you some of those pictures, Sarah. Oh, fantastic! Great. I'll have a look. 
I'll have a look when we finish talking. That'd be fantastic. Hey, Will, I I discovered something really funny about you that you were just doing a little bit of research that you were the consultant for a Bigfoot themed amusement park. I was. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it was what funny. What did that you know, involve? This was, this was back in 1988, and uh, I, I used to work for the State School for the Deaf back in those days in Vancouver, Washington. And um, I work graveyard. So I get home and my girlfriend says, well, there's this lady called from Knott's Berry Farm and wants to talk to you. And and I'm kind of not never did well without sleep. So I'm kind of grumbling about it, you know. And so the, so the gal comes to the door and apparently she was up from, from Southern California uh, looking for somebody who knew something about the topic. And, and a recent article had been put out about me because we'd, We'd had a sighting up on the Washougal River. It's one of those, it's the perfect sighting everybody wants to have. You're in a car, you got a group of people, you see the creature across the river, you know, and, and that's it. You don't have any close interaction with it. So uh, that's what happened. And and I knew that the editor of the paper, the, or the local paper, and, and he used to say, well, you know, if anything ever happens, come and see me and I'll, I'll put an article out. So I thought, okay, you know was looking for witnesses, not so much attention. I just wanted to, if you put information out, people would uh, would contact you. So um, I d- did that, and she saw the article. And he she contacted the paper, and, you know, they put her together with me. So she would come to the house, and here I am with no sleep. And I told her point blank, I said, look, if you're not going to do something serious with this, turn around, go away, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, no, 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 we, we want to do something completely credible with this and serious. When the project at the time was, it was called Bigfoot Rapids. And I, and I guess they've done a revamp of it, but they don't have, it, it's not the original setup. And uh, she said what they did was they created, I think at the time was the largest white man-made whitewater uh, raft ride or something like that. And they put they brought in stuff from the Pacific Northwest of, in, of the U.S., trees and, and plants and things and they created this atmosphere and had this huge mural that was a painted forest as a backdrop it was kind of cool actually and in the middle of it they had a, a ranger station and what they wanted for me was to bring um newspaper articles and footprint castings and and whatever other paraphernalia i could provide them you know with uh, this display so I bought things from, you know, Grover Krantz and John Green and, and DeHinden and those people for the display. And, and they brought my girlfriend and I down there, you know, to um, deal with the reporters and, and get a look at it and everything. It was it was a lot of fun, actually. I just, I loved that idea. Uh, I, I would certainly be, I'd certainly be going if there was a Bigfoot themed amusement park here in Australia. Or Yowie, anyway. <laughs> right, right. That'd be fun. No, it was, it, it was a great idea, and it was it was fun the way they set it up. Yeah. Are you still doing the the annual uh, get-togethers, like Bigfoot barbecue conference thing? I, I, somewhere I was reading online oh. about you that you were you were um, was it the Pacific Coast Sasquatch investigation team? That was our original group way back when I lived in uh, Vancouver, Washington. I, um, when I first moved there, I got out of the army back in 1986 and I moved there and, uh, met the gal that I was involved with for some time. And one night she says, well, 
it's really great that you spend so much time with me and the kids, but isn't there a hobby that you'd like to do for yourself? And and I'm thinking to myself, do I tell her she thinks I'm nuts? <laughs> She'll <laughs> find thought, out well, I'm I, a weirdo. <laughs> she, she's going to, I thought she's going to find out. So I'm going to tell her, you know, I'll be honest with her. <laughs> so I told her and she says, no, that's great. You should, you should get back involved in that. So what I did was, um, one of the guys I worked with and back in those days, there weren't a lot of, you know, printers weren't common yet. Then there were more business things. Right. And so his dad had a business where they had a copying machine. So I wrote up this flyer and, uh, we made, I think a thousand copies. And so my girlfriend's son and a friend, his, they rode around town on their bikes, putting these flyers under windshields of cars. And, and that's how I met the editor because uh, they put it under a police car windshield wiper and he was going to throw it away until he knew this editor and, and he says well here you might want this and so anyway i reconstituted because after i met john green and Renee hen and i i you know as a young 17 year old i made this organization called uh, at that time it was the pierce county sasquatch investigation team so when i years later you know got out of the service and moved to vancouver i reconstituted it as the the Pacific Coast Sasquatch investigation team. And, and I wrote to Green and to Hinden and they said, yeah, that's great that you're there. There hasn't been a serious researcher in that region since Roger Patterson. So they were, they were pretty fired up about me being there and, and starting to look into the area. And, uh, and that's how we ended up seeing this big, massive gray Sasquatch. Um, the local photographer for the newspaper, you know, he, he sort of got me into the area showing me where he grew up there and he, he knew where all sightings and things had happened. So he started pointing these out and we started um, going up the Washougal River that I'd mentioned previously and there was still snow on the ground. It was down, um, I can't remember what the elevation was yet then, but we were able to drive up and, and hike up into the snow and, and we'd see these lines of Sasquatch tracks going up into the snow fields. And, uh, I wanted to go up in this one particular time before the snow was gone and see if I'd find another line of tracks. And I was driving along and, and like I said, we had a car full of people and, and I was kind of glancing at the water, looking how pretty the water was. It was kind of a, kind of a dark blue green, real clear. All you could see all the way to the bottom, beautiful river. And it reminded me of, uh, I grew up near Mount Rainier in Washington, uh, fishing up there and, and the rivers, some of them are the same color. And so I was kind of reminiscing about being a kid and fishing, you know, and, and I glanced up, I saw some movement. Here's this massive creature and the river wasn't very wide. Uh, it was deep, but not real wide there. And, and it was, it was only there for a couple of moments and it was probably, you know, close to 10 feet tall. It was huge. And it reached up, grabbed a tree and it was into the timber, into the brush really fast. So I stopped, I stopped the car and I think my girlfriend is the only one that didn't see it. She had her, her head was down looking at a book. And I told everybody else, I said, don't say anything. I gave him paper and pencil, sketch what you saw. Everybody sketched exactly the same thing. Okay. <laughs> so I'm telling myself, I'm not crazy. I really did see that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Corroboration. <laughs> it was, it was. Yeah. How fantastic. 10 foot. That's a, that's a big, that's a big baby. It, it had 18 inch feet. Far out. I yeah. found the tracks in there other times after that too. What's your take on other cryptids? Um, this is a question for either of you, really. I, I, I'm asking because I, lately I've had 
I've interviewed people who've described to me very different creatures, but people who were absolutely who appeared to me to be absolutely genuine. Like, for example, uh, I interviewed someone recently who spoke about a a goblin-like creature. It looked a bit like Gollum from uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, And this person saw it just outside their kitchen window eating some of the kitchen scraps that had been chucked out the window. And And a woman I spoke to just yesterday told me about a creature that had the legs of a goat... And the top half, oh, like a man, so a goat man. And I, I'm getting quite a few different stories of very weird-ass creatures. I wondered whether you guys were hearing similar stories and what your take on that is. Well, I, I pretty much stick to one. I, I, I jokingly tell people for half for years that I only deal with one crazy subject at a time. So. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> so I don't I don't really look into other things. Tom, I, I'm not sure if you do, but I mean, there's some interesting things. And I, my my sources that I'm not going to divulge have told me things that, that, that Tom often says keeps him up till 2 a.m. Uh-huh. Um, staring at the ceiling. Yeah. Staring at the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of strange things out there. Yeah, we'll just put it that way. Yeah, let's put it that way. That's a. Yeah, it's it's funny when you, I introduced that interview on my show the other day, and I said, "Look, I'm going to talk about something really strange," and I and I laughed to myself because I thought, "Well, Yowie's is strange enough." But we're already doing that. <laughs> I know we're already doing that, but for me, it's normal now. Um, right. So anything anything Yowie Bigfoot related is normal, but every all the other stuff is weird. <laughs> That's funny. Well, we have, I don't know if we can say this or not, Will, but we've, we've been told by sources that there, there are other things out there. Oh, yeah. 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 We had an interview with a guy out of Oklahoma. Remember that guy, Tom? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the contractor, he had some yeah. really strange things to talk about. Well, the shadow people and and what was 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 there more than that, Tom? Do you recall? Yeah, there was. There was a. Um, he thought originally he thought it was a very very tall, like a nine or ten foot tall, Bigfoot. Except when it turned around, he said it was like a Gumby. It was just almost flat. It was uh-huh. just, you know, what would that be? I have no idea. Yeah, right. I, I um, don't even know what to make of stuff like that. Uh-huh. Really yeah, don't. it's beyond the scope of. Again, focusing on Bigfoot is tough enough. And these well, I do, I do the subject because, you know, when I ran into those two things, it just, it, it was, it kind of short-circuited my thinking because I grew up, you know, fishing and hunting and doing a lot of the outdoor stuff. And and after that, I, I was like, well, the world is not what I think it is. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just been, you know, the quest ever since then to answer questions and, and the more questions that get answered the more questions come into being so yeah it seems to get more mysterious the more i investigate the, the more mysterious it is yeah i was never interested in just looking i mean i would prefer had i not ever seen that thing you know and gone on with my life normally but you know it is what it is and um that's, that's why you mentioned other cryptids i didn't really have any interest in stuff like that. It was this one I, you know, I ran square into and, and wanted to know more about. Yeah. Well, for me, it's, it's, it's people start coming to me with stories of different things and, and I'm, they sound as genuine as, as everybody else telling me the Yowie stories. So 
I, I have to believe what that they've seen something that's genuinely very strange. Like the a, a person I spoke to the other day um, saw a, what, a a stick creature, so about a meter long, about the the width of a broom handle, but looked but had a very strange kind of motorbike hel- helmet shaped head. But the the vibe he said that gave me was like the predator or something like that there was something really wrong and it was alive and it had limbs as well stick limbs and a stick body so and it came out from a crack in a rock and then disappeared wow. yeah looked at him so he, he looked at it full in the face saw the face was really um, gave a very clear description of it and so <laughs> you, you know the one thing I, I've talked geez, I, I have no idea how many people over the years has to be in the thousands, many thousands, probably. The one big thing I, I think people get out of it, they're talking to people is it's a release. Who do you talk to? I mean, I was lucky to have had green and Hinden, you know, otherwise I would have clammed up and never talked to anybody other than maybe my, a couple of friends. But, uh, I've talked to so many people that will tell me, you know, privately, you know, it was it was such a relief to get that off my chest. Yeah. You know, to talk to somebody else about it. Um, I, I think it, because it's so much out of your frame of reference. You know, it, these things aren't supposed to be out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> None of this is supposed to be out there. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, Will, when I first when I first spoke with you, and it, it was uh, you and Brian and Troy. Troy had the one of the wildest encounters I've ever heard, but but it was it was really it was a release to to talk to you guys, and I didn't have to get over that hurdle of convincing you that this really happened, or convince you that it was, you know, out of the norm, and and you just immediately clicked on it and said, oh yeah, well that's you know the Sonomish Indians, you know the they're, they call them night whistlers, and and I jokingly said. But, you know, it's it's kind of like you go to this this group and you stand up and say, hey, my name's Tom. And, you know, I encountered a Bigfoot. You know, everybody goes, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> I used I used to hate the reference. I used to use, you know, the, the analogy of like AA for alcoholics, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, and I hate that, but it's kind of it's kind of like that. It, it really is because you're you're holding something inside. And who do you and and oftentimes, I think these people have tried to share it with family and friends, and they get guffaws or rejection or whatever. Well, I, I'll give you an example. When I first, not first picked up on it, but it, one of the first good examples would have been when I went to the occult deal where and investigated that for nine months. And I talked to the family, and, and I knew, you know, because their address was on the front page of the newspaper with the, about this Bigfoot sighting. So I thought, oh, geez, everybody in the world that's a wannabe is going to go there and they're going to bug these people. And sure enough, that did happen. But I thought, I'm going to go anyway. And when I said, you know, I talked to talked to people. I said, sure, you know, we'll talk to you. And they told me all the people had been there. And, and the only thing they came, people had come there clear from Seattle, you know, a couple hour drive north, uh, just come down there and collect the story, see if there were any footprints, scat, hair, things like that. Then they got in their cars and left. They didn't care about the family. They didn't care about the behaviors and things that were going on. Why did the things happen that happened there? And I think I did because 
of what my experiences were with the creatures. And when I started telling them what I experienced, it was, it was so much easier to relate between the family and myself because we'd all seen the creatures. Whereas these other people had not had any kind of encounter. So they couldn't really relate to what we felt. So when I started asking them, you know, questions about the creature's behavior and, and all that, and they told me, and I said, well, can I go look? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, nobody else wanted to go look. And that's where I found tracks of the juveniles. You know, and then this whole thing unfolded for nine months there. You know, it's spot on because you have a shared experience with them, and that creates a bond, an immediate bond, regardless of your background. It does. It, it's a real leveler. Guys, listen, we, we, we probably should wrap it up shortly. Do you want to end with telling the uh, essential listeners maybe a little bit about your podcast and how, where they can find it and what they'll, what they'll hear on it? Well, it's called Creek Devil. It's on, we started putting it on YouTube and I, I put it on there every week, but it's also on iTunes and iHeartRadio and Spotify now and, and lots of other sources. But um, it's a three hour show and, and that's by popular request. It was too short before people wanted something longer. So um, it's in three segments. The first segment is typically uh, an interview with a witness the second segment's usually, not always, usually a question and answer session. And the third segment, uh, we have stories that are read. People like it. Like I said, it's on YouTube. If you go to my page on YouTube, William Jevning, it's on there. Or if you go to creekdevil.com or williamjevning.com, links for the shows are there. Uh, so you can find it in any one of those outlets. You got anything, Tom, you want to mention? Yeah, no, I was just going to say um, you can you can actually contact us direct with uh, our email address is just questions, plural, questions at creekdevil.com. And again, you can go to the web page, creekdevil.com. I'm actually the, the guy that also is on the webmaster, and so it's sort of in the process of getting revamped, but I'm putting the, the most current episode uh, on creekdevil.com so you can see it there as well. I got to say, Sarah, too, I, I'm a big fan of the folks in Australia. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're a nice bunch, aren't we? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we really enjoy talking to everybody from Australia. Very nice folks. And, Will, we were kind of pleasantly surprised. I don't know, surprised, but just the parallels between the Yowie and yeah, the absolutely. Bigfoot. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so many similarities. It's, it's so many. And it's just, uncanny. It is uncanny. And somebody mentioned to me, they've sent me a message the other day saying, How is it possible that, you know, if you look at Australia, is, um, has very distinct and um, distinct endemic fauna and flora because we've been isolated as an island for so long that a lot of our, our animals are, are totally different to what might be in, uh, the other animals on other continents. But the weird thing is, why is it that, you know, our Yowie here and our Bigfoot there are so similar, even down to the twisty, the snap, the twisting of the trees that you were talking about earlier? That, that Well, here's a – I was thinking about – here's a thought I had because <clears throat> we were talking with uh, uh, one of our friends 
on the Q and A last week, and and it made me think that um, maybe maybe these creatures are a much more recent advent to different parts of the world than we think. Yeah. In other words, they weren't they weren't part of the flora and fauna originally. You know why why Australia is so separate from much of the rest of the world with the animals. Maybe they came there much more recently, mm. and that's that accounts for all these similarities. Or they're interdimensional, as some people say, and they can pop up wherever they like. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I, I'm, my, mind, my mind is open to all possibilities. I, I'm staying away from that. <laughs> <laughs> it gets really heated in the States, doesn't it, when people say oh, talk yeah. flesh, flesh and blood or, or, or supernatural. It's not quite as heated here, although there are some people who get a little outraged that I'm that I might mention interdimensional travel or portals and things like that. Some people get a, a bit cross with me, but I'm I'm open to it. Let's just say that <laughs> it's really a matter of just wherever the evidence leads you. Yeah, yeah. And for me, at the moment, there's so many unexplained things about these beings that sometimes the interdimensional part makes more sense to me sometimes. Uh, and our, our our native people, our Aboriginal people, talk about them being of the spirit world as well as being flesh and blood, um, that they're both. So, yeah. All right, I've got a theory on that. I don't know if it's a theory, but I have a thought. I have an, I have an opinion. Okay, so people say they're, they're spiritual creatures. So I think I'm a spiritual creature. So I go out in the woods. I've got a spirit, right? It's contained within a body. Yep. They got maybe they have a spirit contained within their body. You know, it's it's not like Casper the friendly. I don't know if you guys had Casper the friendly ghost yes. of the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, your, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. all right. I don't think of spirits as Casper the friendly ghost floating through the forest or having some magical powers. So, anyway, that's that's my uh, that's my opinion. Yeah, perspective. Will and Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure and an honour having you on Yowie Central. Well, thank you. We appreciate being on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure's all ours. Will Jevening and Tom from the Creek Devil podcast, I highly recommend checking them out on YouTube. You're listening to Yowie Central on the best little station in the nation, 94.9 Main FM. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
At the start of the show, I mentioned the Australian Yowie Research Report from the Blackbutt Benarkin State Forest in Queensland. The witness was Wendy, who I had the pleasure of having on the show a couple of weeks ago. This is her report to Australian Yowie Research of her Yowie sightings. Oh, it's so bizarre hearing you on the phone now. You've got the best voice, by the way, to listen to. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, you should be, like, bigger. Thanks so much. I really, you've just made my day. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how come I'm like this, but I see lots of things. So um, it's not just this couple of topics that, you know, the Black Panther and the Yowie, we've just come across a, a lot of things. But I have an Indigenous background, so sometimes I think we're open to that more than others. You contacted us about two uh, Yowie sightings that you had near Blackbutt. There were two. There was one on a New Year's Eve. Was it January the 1st, the year 2000? And the other one was 2002. It was like probably around March because it was Blackbutt's really cool. At night it was chilly but not cold where you're having to rug up. Tell me the stories in as much detail as you can remember. We can start with the New Year's Eve one and I'll try not to interrupt you and let you tell me in as much detail as you can and then I'll ask some follow-up questions afterwards, okay? Right. Well, I was coming home from Brisbane because of the New Year's celebrations and I was a single mum of four. So I had my eldest son in the front of my car. It was a Toyota Tarago, so no air conditioning windows down. They're all asleep. So I'm guessing that it was approximately around about 3.30 because I was coming from my sister's home, which was in the middle of the city. I'm heading up the range. Now the range, Blackbutt Range starts off and it's got a really windy area. And then you sort of get to the top of that. And then it goes into another sort of incline up. It goes again. It wasn't on the windy part. It was going past that and going up to the next area, which is called Benarkin State Forest, I believe. So I'm coming up that and I'm doing 100K and I've got music going. I've always got music going. So the Tarago is nothing quiet. (laughs) And with the music going to, I wouldn't have been stealth at all. The range at one point has... um, three lanes, there's an overtaking lane going up. I was in that um, three-lane area. It slightly comes around a corner. It's not like a corner. It's a slight bend. As I came around, my high beams on, obviously, it all of a sudden hit this creature. When I say creature, I knew jolly well what it was. Straight away, knew what it was. It had stepped out from the left-hand side three steps it took to cross three lanes and it looked at me it wasn't like eye contact because my high beams are on I'm trying to guess how far away it was when I hit that bend 100 meters in front the length of a big pool anyhow as I first had it in sight Of course, I'm still travelling at 100k and I didn't slow down. I don't remember like thinking, 
oh, you should slow down. I'm wanting to get a better look at this thing because it's moving across the lane quickly. Like I said, my windows are down. I'm shock excited, I guess, is the way to say it. Not scared. Then as it crossed to the right side, it literally bent down and the bush is extremely thick there on both sides. There's probably about a metre, a meet, yeah, a metre, metre and a half clearance from the road before it hits really thick bush again. The only way I can describe it, it was like it turned into a stump. When I've driven past, there's a stump. That's the only thing that I question about the whole sighting is how it turned into a stump. Now, I'm going back and forwards from Brisbane to Blackbutt all the time at that stage, you know, at least once a week. And when I've come back again looking at exactly where it was, there was no stump. Whether they can camouflage themselves to look sort of like that, but it was pretty clear. And I've, I've yeah, that's it. the one thing that I've only ever questioned my um, sighting about was how the heck it looked like it turned into a stump. They seem to yeah. be masters at camouflage, masters at looking like a tree. And so other people have said that too, like they yes. camouflage. Yes, lots of okay. people have said that, yeah. But I know what I saw and it did turn into a stump or it like when it crouched down, it looked like it was a stump. I don't think it turned into a stump, but yeah. From what I understand from the many witnesses who've spoken to us and uh, Dean Harrison and his experiences too, is that they are incredibly skilled at hiding in the forest and remaining yeah. motionless and appearing tree-like so that yeah. you, you don't well, even notice sense. they're there. Yeah. yeah, it does make sense. Well, when it looked at me, it was... It was like I was a nuisance. You know, it was like, I wouldn't say it was angry, but it was, wasn't was happy. And it just looked like, oh, you know, gosh, now you've seen me <laughs> type thing. It sort of had a frown, but it was so quick. So you did see a little bit of a face, enough of a face to see that it was frowning. What? So this was in your headlights too, wasn't it? Yes, and I'm moving quickly towards it. So by the time that I'm like really looking at it when it's like looking at me, I'm guessing it's probably 15 metres, you know. And did you see the colour of the face? Yes, I would put it as like leathery dark, not black, but not far off it. If you put a black handbag in the, like, you, you've wrecked it, you've put it in the water, you've, <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. It was like that, where it's not the same colour as black anymore. It's sort of faded into a dark, sort of grey colour. Did you get an idea of whether there was hair or fur on the face? There was a bit on the face, like around the cheeks, but not around the eyes, not so much around the mouth, but underneath. The chin, it was sort of beardy, like mm-hmm. probably a couple of inch beard. What colour was the hair? Did you get a chance to see that? Really dark red, really dark red. And that's the best way I can describe it. It's still brown, 
it's so much more red to it. I guess an Albany colour on the browns, yeah. You first noticed it. It was just stepping onto the road, you said, right? Yes, just stepped out. Like I got it as it foot landed the first foot, yeah. How tall did you reckon it was? Easy seven, maybe a bit more. I just don't want to exaggerate. But my daughter's friend's um, seven foot two, and I swear that it was taller than he is. Mm -hmm. So I would like to put it between seven and eight foot. What was the posture like? Was it standing quite upright or? Uh, Yes, definitely upright. And um, I believe it has a neck. I it's not a neck like us. It's like when someone has overdone weights and all of that muscle, then it just looks like your head's joined to your shoulders because all that muscle is sort of joined in. And that's how I saw it. It was more like it has a neck, but it it was all muscle, not a neck like ours where we have like, you know, a bit of a stretch, you know. It steps out in about three steps to cross the road. The first step, it was already sort of halfway across the lane, if you know what I mean. Then three steps and off it, it's across. The expression on the face that you said, it looked at me like I was a nuisance. There was a frown. You could see the eyebrow yeah, area. The eyebrows came down at the middle, you know, like, you know when someone frowns and they get that crease down the middle of in between their eyebrows. Yes, I've got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like that, me too. <laughs> and I was touching it. <laughs> yeah, so it was like that where the two eyebrows come down into the middle. It was like, and not impressed, not impressed. Did you actually see that expression move into that position? Did you see the forehead scrunch up? I would say I saw it move out of that expression. Right. What did the face do after that? That's when it turned again and went to the bush and ducked. Yep. Did you get a look at the arms or the legs? Yes. As a girl, I remember going to the movies and you know how, I don't know how old you are, but they used to play little movies before the movie. I remember clearly going to this movie, I was about five, and they played the Bigfoot movie from America, the famous one. There's no way in heck it was that thickness, not at all. It was much more lean than that, but um, legs and arms, very similar. So it's similar to the Patterson-Gimlin film, so big and muscular. uh, not as thick and muscular as that one, not at all. This was much more lean, amazing-looking creature. If anyone had a boyfriend that had that shape, you'd be really happy. Very big shoulders coming down to the waist. Arms were longer, probably to knees. Legs were shorter because the torso was longer, but I wouldn't say that they were short legs. It's just that the torso was so long. Did you get a a look at the hands? Yeah, I did. That's one thing I I remember. Its hands were so normal. As far as I could tell, the fur came down or hair came down to uh, onto the 
back of the palms, but there was obvious fingers. And same with the feet. There was obvious feet. It wasn't just all fur. You could see toes on the end of the feet? I just remember seeing feet, so I'm guessing that that image was all toes and feet. It was obvious feet. How long do you reckon the hair on the body was? From what I observed, it was different lengths at different places. So the top of the head, not so long, but still, I would say a couple of inches. Not on the face, that was shorter. Then behind the backs of the arms and elbows and that, longer. The body on the back of the body and the legs, I would say, oh, probably a couple of inches as well. But when it looked at me, it sort of moved from the hip, so the chest turned as well as the head, and it was lighter on the front. The front was nowhere near as hairy as what its back was. Did you get a feeling of whether it was male or female? I would say male. What gave you that feeling? It just looked like a male. I don't know why I would say that. It just looked like a male and it looked like a, a cranky one. When I say cranky, that's probably not the right word. Do you know when men get kicked off? That's what it looked like when it looked at me. So I just thought, oh, look at him, he's cranky. So that was my thought. Do you get a feeling of, of the age? Whether Do you reckon it was an older creature or a younger creature? If it was men, how are you thinking? because obviously we can only go by that, 35 to 40. Did you notice any smell? No, I didn't. It crosses the road in three steps. One foot was already on the road a bit. By the third step, it was already across, and that's three lanes. A step per lane is, is quite a long gate, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Was it moving quickly? It was, but not really. It could have moved quicker. And was it swinging its arms? Similar to how we would when it was striding, the arms was moving as well. The face that looked at you, did it open its mouth at all or was it closed the whole time? No, it was closed. Did that mouth move at all? Not that I noticed. Yeah. Steps off the road and just hunches down and then all of a sudden it looks like a, a tree stump. Yeah. As I'm driving past, I am looking out the window at the tree stump. As I go past, the, I'm looking at the tree stump, going, what the heck? And that's the only thing I questioned. From there, I'm 12 kilometres from home If that. It was like... Tick, tick, tick all the way home from there. Yeah. What shape was the nose? Was it a flat nose or a, a prominent nose? My family's Aboriginal. So some people are saying it looked Aboriginal. Um, to me, it didn't. To me, it looked between someone with a very flat pug nose, like people have said about boxes. Obviously, no cartilage type thing in the uh, nose to make it pointy or anything. But I felt that it was like a cross between a flat pug nose and an ape-like nose where the nostrils still um, had, like you could still 
look at the nostrils. They weren't just under the nose, but it was still a nose. <laughs> it wasn't like an ape where you just look at nostrils. The eyes, you didn't get a chance to see any reflection in your headlights? No, it color? did not have any reflection. Whether it was just because it looked at me quickly and um, then, you know, turned, I don't know. I feel like it reacted to my lights, but I didn't see a reflection. I think the lights, it hurt eyes, you know. It hurt its eyes. Yeah. Yeah, right. Did it lift its arm at all to sort of block out the light or just? No. No, I never even thought of that, but no, it didn't. So the second sighting, tell me about what happened. Tell me the story. Okay, so I am a night bird. I don't like the daytime, and um, that's why I'm happy driving at night and doing things at night. So I decided that with school holidays, my niece and I, who was an adult, were cleaning up my son's bedroom. because he always had mess. So we just cleaning it up. So I got my eldest son to look after one of the younger ones who was asleep. And at that stage, I had had another baby. And so I had her with me and my niece. So we packed up the Tarago and Blackbutt didn't have any, I don't know if it does now, but they didn't have any um, trash collection. So you had to take your own trash to the dump. As a single mum, you organise it for a trip instead of a dozen trips. The dump is about five kilometres from where I first saw the sighting because I sort of checked that out on Google Maps last night to see roughly. And so it's about seven or so K from the house. We loaded up the car and um, we're heading off to the dump. And at that stage, before this night, you could go to the dump anytime you want. There was no gate type thing or barricade or anything then. I had gone to the dump numerous times at night and you don't have to pay or anything then. We're heading off to the dump. We get there, all of a sudden there's this gate and it's stopping us going into the dump. And at that stage I smoked and so did my niece. So we pulled up onto the right-hand side of the road. Now, it's only really like a small bitumen road leading into there and then it goes into dirt to the dump. So we pulled over to the right-hand side because that's where the gate would open from, heading towards it. So I'm on the wrong side of the road. I'm parked near the gate, seeing if we can open the gate, and I'm cranky because I'm like, oh, well, they should have let us know they were putting their gate in. Can I get my car around the gate going through this stuff? Both got out. We're having a smoke. The car's running. Um, My daughter's asleep in the car. The lights are on high beam. Looking at the gate and there's no way around and I'm thinking, oh, should we just try and walk in? We're standing there having a smoke and my car door's open, her passenger door's open, but we're in front of my passenger door with it open. We can smell this horrendous smell. We're commenting on how bad the dump smells and it doesn't usually smell that bad because everyone's been to a dump and dumps smell, 
but they're more like a musky sort of mouldy smell dumps. Food breaks down pretty quickly. And plus there's animals like goannas and that, you know, getting it. So it's not like horrible, but this smell was oh, burn your nostril type smell. It was like rotting smell, but it had more of a um, a urine smell, that really strong urine, ammonia, very strong ammonia smell. So we're sort of commenting, but we've got the heebie-jeebies. We're getting the heebie-jeebies. We're like, oh, it's like creepy here. And like we've been there before. It's not like we haven't been. We're both commenting on, you know, how creepy the place is. Still smoking and sort of laughing at how stupid we are at the dump at this time of night, not being able to get in. Then we sort of hear this sort of noise in the bush to the right of us, and it's extremely thick. We sort of looked at each other and go, did you hear that? And we're like, yeah, okay. So we're sort of looking into the bush now, which was the right-hand side. Eventually she goes, can you see that? And she's going, look, eyes. And I'm like, where? And she's showing me, and then it's like they blinked, I guess. There were these red eyes, and I'm like, oh, they do look like eyes. And we're sort of just standing there staring at it. It's starting to come closer to us, and the more it came closer, the more they looked like real eyes. Eventually, it was probably about, gosh, I would say three metres in thick bush away from us that we just we just couldn't stand there any longer. We just screamed, jumped in the car and got out of there. Now, these eyes, had they were glowing and there was no reflection coming from anything because the headlight, like going straight ahead and it was nowhere near going to where these eyes were. I, I didn't know what they were. They were really high up, I would say seven and a half to eight foot again high. At that stage, I never ever put it down to it's a yowie or something like that because I'd never heard of them having red eyes or anything like that. Did it make any noise, any vocalisations? None, none whatsoever. This thing was observing us. Although it was frightening and scary and there was just this horrible get the hell out of here feel, I didn't feel that it was like hunting us or anything like that. It was more going, what the hell are you doing here? Like type thing, just observing us. Because here's two stupid females in the bush in the middle of the night. The Benarkin State Forest goes for kilometres and kilometres. I don't know how big it is. And the terrain is incredible. It's just mountainous and pine tree forest and then really thick bush. Um, there's deer and wild pig and all of that around there. It's just extremely thick. And the bush all um, led onto that. Um, the dump I mean, led all onto that. And then I started to hear stories like from people on Yowie Hunters that glowing red eyes and it was that just gave me the heebie-jeebies. That's the only time I got the heebie-jeebies because I'm thinking that thing was like metres from us. We've had reports of red glowing eyes, orange, white. The colour varies but red's probably the most common one I'd say. This was like fire engine red. Mm -hmm. 
very red, no question about it. It looked like it was blinking. Did you get the feeling it was looking at you straight on the whole time so you could see the two eyes the whole yeah, time? Yeah, the whole time. Obviously it was there the whole time. We heard movement in the bush, but it wasn't like loud. It was like slight movement, whether it positions itself as it heard the car turn up. And then here we are yapping up like nobody's business and casual as anything. And then we started to get the heebie-jeebies. But you do, don't you, out in the bush? This was, yeah, after seeing that, the, that was probably one of the most frightening things that I've I've felt. You'd been to the tip before. You're a night person, so you're generally not afraid of the dark, I would say. And No. Um, I wonder what gave you that heebie-jeebie feeling. We got that before we saw yeah. the eye or yeah. heard anything. I wouldn't say that I felt like that someone was watching us because I would have looked around then for that, but it was just like you felt a presence. That's probably a better way to put it. Being raised around family and everything, you know, my parents didn't teach me this, but my uncles and aunties and nanas and that did, where um, you don't go anywhere in the bush at night and so on. And one of the other big things, which I've never heard anyone say before, is that we always, like, especially women having their period, should never go the bush because that will attract them. I have heard that before. You know, the whole thought of it being around the dump was like, well, that makes sense too, doesn't it? Like you can get whatever you want from the dump. Yeah, we have a report, I believe it was Woi Woi off the top of my head uh, in New South Wales. Three young men saw the same creature on the same night. That was in the dump at the tip there. Yep. It's not the first time we've heard we've yeah. heard a story. And it sort of makes sense if there's food scraps and things like oh, that. Around absolutely. The tip. Yeah. And the other thing I find interesting too is that when I have spoken to other family members and things like that, cemeteries, they're around cemeteries as well. Ah, that's interesting. So I started telling her about my sighting. She quickly interrupted me, which is normal. And she goes, I've got to tell you about my sighting. I've got to tell you about my sighting. I saw the Banakan Yowie. I said, Banakan? And she goes, yeah, the Banakan Yowie. You know the Banakan Yowie? And I'm like, well, maybe, but I'd never heard anyone call it that. She goes, yeah, yeah, I was driving really fast because she's terrible. She's a really naughty driver. Driving really fast with my friend and just near the um, tip, we nearly hit it. Not near the tip, near the cemetery. Now, I haven't asked her what year it would be, but it would be years after me. This whole thing, my sighting, both sightings and her sightings are all within like 5K of each other. There's another sighting in our database, uh, Black Butt in 2008, Kuya in 2007, Linville 2015, where they found footprints and handprints, Nanango, Manumba, uh, Nanango again in 2018. Yeah. So, yeah, you're in the middle of a quite an active area. Yeah, yeah. I put up on Facebook chat thing just the other day, has anyone seen anything in the areas? And the responses I got with Black Panthers and Yowies was incredible. If you wouldn't mind asking them if they'd, if they'd have a chat to me, that would be fantastic. Kilcoy should not have the Yowie 
You well, might have Kilcoy, a fight on your hands from the people in Kilcoy. There should be another one at Blackbutt because, oh, my gosh, the terrain around that area is just so perfect for something that would want to not be seen and not be disturbed because nobody goes through it much, if at all. I remember asking my friend, um, well, he's actually a brother, in, as in Blackfella, my brother, because he was working on the Backbutt Range when it had an avalanche and they had to redo the road up. The road was cut off for ages. You had to go all the way around to Gympie to get to King Roy, even to Blackbutt. I asked him had he heard anything because he was working that night because it had to have people on the road the whole time. And he goes, no, there was this one fellow, though. He said they had a, a traffic light thing that you could stop you going when there was one lane. They'd have one person on a truck coming down the um, Black Butt Range um, and then going up the Black Butt Range, and he controlled that traffic light, and the cars would follow him. Well, apparently when he came down one time, um, he got to the bottom and he said, <laughs> this always amuses me, a huge man in a furry coat banged on his the roof of his car and he got out of there. And I'm like, who the heck walks around in the middle of the night that's huge wearing a furry coat? Like, that makes no sense. But if that's how you want to, like, <laughs> take it in and live with it, that's fine. <laughs> I just was highly amused. This large man with a furry coat. It's highly unlikely, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I really care about that it gets documented so that we have an understanding more. That's exactly what Australian Yowie research is all about. Australian Yowie research report number 184. What did you think of that, folks? Drop me a line and let me know via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. That's it for this week, folks. Yowie Central will be back next week, same time, same place, on 94.9 Main FM. Catch you next week. Stay safe. Out in the cold, out in the dark. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.